be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text tonight will be taken from the reading we just heard in the Gospel of John. You may be seated. We pray. Almighty Father, it was your will to send your Son to die on the cross. Forgive us for all of our sins. We pray this night, O Lord, that as we gaze upon the cross once again in our hearts, we would be driven to repent and believe the good news that he has died for us. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. It wasn't abnormal for the Romans to place a sign above the head of someone who was being crucified. This was actually fairly standard practice. Uh, The thinking here was simply this. They were crucified in a very public place, typically on a roadway into a city or a village or an area occupied and run and governed by Rome. And there you would put the criminals along the way on the outside of the city with a sign above their head telling everybody what it is that they had done. Typically you would see insurrectionists, people who were rebelling against Rome, being crucified. And it was a warning. Don't try this. If you want to mess with Rome, here is where you will end up. And it was standard practice for them to put the list of crimes in three different languages so that if people were visiting from all over the world, they might see and know what not to do when they got to Rome or when they got to this uh, Roman-occupied area. Now in Jerusalem, there were a number of crosses, I'm sure, because you see the Jews had no problem and putting together insurrections. And to be sure, not th- these crosses did not stop every insurrectionist or would-be Messiah from trying their hand at taking back Jerusalem from Rome, but it certainly did prevent them from trying it a second time. Pontius Pilate is the Roman governor of the Judean area at this time. And he is the one who put the sign above Jesus' head. Only when he put the sign above Jesus' head, listing the crime that Jesus had committed, he did it as sort of a joke. Joke might not be the right word. He did it as an insult. It was directed right at the Jews. See, as far as Pilate was concerned, this sign had really very little to do with Jesus himself and had more to do with the Jewish people who were a constant thorn in his side. They were always causing problems for him. This particular week, they had been bothering him with this Jesus character. They had been coming to him telling him that this man had committed blasphemy and he deserved to be killed. But this was of no concern to Rome and this was of no concern to Pilate. Breaking Jewish laws didn't bother them all that much. And so Pilate, on multiple occasions, tried to set Jesus free, declared Jesus to be innocent and saw no reason to have this man killed. But the Jews pressed him. And finally, they cornered him. They told Pilate that this man claimed that he was the son of God. Now, in the ears of the Jews, that's blasphemy. It's claiming to be equal or on par with God himself. But it was also troublesome in the ears of the Romans. Because to claim to be the son of God is to put yourself on par with or place yourself even above Caesar. To put yourself above Caesar claiming to be the son of God, that's what an insurrectionist So the Jews let Pilate know that if they let this Jesus go, that if he let this Jesus go, he was no friend of Caesar. 
is just another way of saying, we're going to tell on you. We're going to tell Caesar that you are aiding and abetting an insurrectionist, someone reading, leading a rebellion against him. So they manipulated Pilate. And in his cowardice and in his weakness, he caved. He gave in. And he had Jesus crucified. And the Jews, it would seem, had won the day. They had won the day, but Pilate would get the last word. The Apostle John, who was there, records it this way. He says, Pilate wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And that was a direct insult at the Jewish people. Pilate was, in essence, saying, this is what your king looks like to us. This is what you Jews look like to us. He is a reflection of you, rebellious and weak. He did this not so much to bring shame upon Jesus, Jesus really was just sort of a pawn in his game, and it infuriated the Jewish leadership. So John records, the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said I am the king of the Jews. And Pilate, you guess with a smug look on his face, answered, I have written what I have written. Pilate really had no regard for Jesus. He's not serious. He put that title above his head. The Jews wanted nothing to do with this crucified blasphemer as their king. This is not what you want a king to look like, bloodied and beaten and crucified. You want a king to be the reflection of your people, to represent your people. He's to be an example to his nation, something to aspire to, someone to to be just like, to live up to, someone who stands for your nation over and against the rest of the world. Someone you can turn to confidently. He will conquer your foes and bring glory to your nation. For the Romans, such a king was embodied in Caesar. The Jews simply had to look back on the golden era of King David to see what it is they were looking for. But as you gazed upon this king of the Jews, all you saw was a man who was a failure, naked, scourged, and shamed. A man dying as a criminal, used by Rome as a joke, despised by the Jews as a blasphemer. Behold, this is your king. So if a king should represent the best of his people, if the people should see themselves in their Lord, if he is to be something they aspire to, then this Jesus is hardly the king anybody is looking for. Nobody aspires to the cross. And yet here he hangs, as Isaiah writes, despised and rejected by men. Man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. One who is crucified is not one to be esteemed. Death by crucifixion is not something to aspire to. It is something to be avoided. Nobody wants to see themselves in the man who is crucified. You want to hide your face from that man. But tonight you cannot. Tonight, on this Good Friday, you cannot avoid the cross and you cannot turn your face away from this man. 
And just as many of the Jews read the inscription and saw that this man, who is their king, their representative, their Messiah, was dying, so tonight you cannot pass by the cross without seeing your Lord and your God who hangs in your place as your king, as your representative. Tonight do not pass by the cross too quickly, but take a moment and read the inscription that is written above Jesus' head. And there you will not find what Pilate wrote, that this is the king of the Jews, but you will see another inscription placed there by God. One that records all of the crimes for which he is crucified. And as you read this list, you might become quite terrified to realize that the list is not his own, but it is yours. The sins for which he died are your sins. You indeed see yourself in this king, for you will see the record of sins that stands against you. This is precisely what Isaiah said when he gave us this sort of forward-looking reflection on the cross. He writes, Surely he has borne our griefs, and he has carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. With his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. As you pass by the cross tonight, you see that this is your sin that hangs there. This is the consequence of your guilt. He indeed hangs there as your representative. And he who knew no sin is the chief of sinners. He dies for your sins. This is the consequence of you being a sinner. This is the consequence of your sinful deeds. Death by crucifixion. This is what you deserve. This is why we sing tonight, you who think of sin but lightly, nor suppose the evil great, here may view its nature rightly. Here its guilt. Here your guilt. May yes. It is for your sin that Jesus died. You do not want to see yourself in this, Lord, but it is, this is what you deserve for your sin. You want a king who reflects the best of you, but you find in this king who exposes the truth about you, that the thorns which pierce his skull represent every sinful thought you have ever conceived. The cries of agony that go forth from his parched lips are every blasphemous and sinful word you have spoken from your mouth. And the nails that pierce his hands and his feet are all of your idolatrous and wicked deeds. This is your sin. You will notice something else. Though your record hangs on the cross, this is not you. You are not on that cross. No, this is your king. This is the Lord over all creation who dies in your place. This is indeed your representative. He is your champion who hangs there over and against not just the world, but the very wrath of God 
in your place. And there he is dying so that you will live. He is pouring out his blood so that you are forgiven. He is bound to the cross so that you are set free. He is here in your place. What you see here in this dying king, what you see here on the cross in your king is your sin, but not just your sin. You see your sin being forgiven. St. Paul, when he reflects upon the cross and he reflects upon the list of sins that stands against us nailed to the cross, describes it for us this way in the book of Colossians. Paul says to think of the cross rightly, we should think of this, that God made us alive together with Christ, having forgiven all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This, says St. Paul, he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Paul indeed does tell us that as we look at the placard above Christ's head tonight, on it we do not see what Pilate wrote, the king of the Jews, but rather we do see the list of sins that stands against us, the record of our debts against God's law. But more so, we see Christ and the blood that flows from his veins which blots out the entire list, which blots out each and every sin. The record of sin that stood against you is covered in the blood of Jesus so that none of your sins can be seen any longer. Your guilt is canceled. You are forgiven. And though he is counted sinful in your place, you are accounted righteous. Here is your king, Isaiah writes, who out of the anguish of his soul shall see and be satisfied. And by his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many, make you to be accounted righteous. He shall bear their iniquity. That is what Christ is doing on the cross for you tonight. Bearing your iniquity. Here on the cross, he represents you. He suffered for you. He died for you. He gave his life. That I can now tonight declare you forgiven and righteous. He died so that you will live. Amen. We pray. Mighty God, you have canceled the record of debt that stood against us on account of Christ's shed blood. Thank you that he has died as our king, as our representative in our place. Teach us now, O oh Lord, to repent and trust.